pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry, and we are going to deal with something very simple. Um, it's actually new. We've had this in, I don't know, we've had it prepared for a long time to start doing, and we're going to start to do it a little bit here and there, right? Yeah. Um, basically, it's a but as pastors, we deal all the time with people who use passages wrongly. Um, we hear them quoted and we see memes and sure. whatever. T-shirts. And yeah, and we're like, that's not what it means. And so this is something that we'll actually uh, publish usually when we're super busy and we just don't have time to put together a full podcast because it's a lot of work. But also we we want to use it as a way to be of help to you uh, when you know maybe a passage isn't used right, but you don't know why. We're just going to start going through various passages and just deal with one at a whack. So these are super tiny podcasts, shouldn't be but a few minutes. And it's something you can maybe even send to your friend and say, hey, I heard this, give me your thoughts. And it's he's not looking at 45 minutes. He's right. looking at, oh, a few four minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't know what to call it. We have the original title of it was just misused passages that I came up with misused passages fixing fables uh, riff on f- faith and fables you sure. don't like that and see that we don't have a good phrase for this little thing so what we're actually saying to you as our listener is if you want to come up with a clever catchy title for this kind of an episode that we'll just uh use we'll send you a free mug how's if, that if we if, if we, we like use it. yours yeah, yeah don't just send us something and we give you a mug we gotta like it yeah. and use it but we're inviting you to do it. So with no further ado, we're going to introduce it with an easy one to knock uh, knock that one out of the park easy because it's one that people hear all the time. Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys know it, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we hear it all the time. It's popular. It's used out of context. Um, and it's actually a very popular one to debunk. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to try to deal with what's wrong with it, how it's commonly used. Now, bottom line, it's actually very popular because it's very triumphalistic, and Americans especially love triumph. Um, it's also a passage that is often spiritualized to make the pronoun you to refer to the church and to you as the individual present-day Christian. Right. So the key here is to keep it in context, right? And so... Yeah, that nasty little word, context. (laughs) Yeah, so we would say that the the reality check here is that Jeremiah 28 is all about two prophets, uh, namely Jeremiah and this prophet named Hananiah. Now, what's going on here is that Hananiah prophesies falsely that the nation of Israel is going to be restored in two years. Um, Remember, at this point, they're being taken away by the Babylonians, Um, And so he then prophesies in light of that, that they're going to come out of that and be restored in two years. And it's a false prophecy. And here are his actual words. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Can't you hear um, 
There are some popular preachers today. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody like a Kenneth Copeland. Remember that stupid video of him blowing away the COVID? COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilariously bad. But you can almost hear him being Hananiah here. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. So he says, when, when um, I've broken the yoke, king of Babylon. Within two years, I'm going to bring back... Um, to this place, all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I'm also going to bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. And the crowd erupts. And now send in your seed faith offering. Gosh, yeah. Um, so, so Jeremiah, then in light of this, spoke and reminded everyone that only if the words of the prophet came true, was he a true prophet. Also on that, curious, how many in, Pente how, in how many Pentecostals or charismatic churches? Who's actually writing down these prophecies that are always being given? And then returning to them and say if they've, seen if they've been fulfilled. I don't know if you know, we have a guy in our church who uh, went to, every year this group of churches go down, I think it's to Indiana, they gather in like Maryville or something like that, and they have their big conferencing, and there the prophets and apostles uh, gives their, give prophecies. And he actually did that. Mm -hmm. He actually was like, wait a second, we hear all sorts of good things. So he actually wrote some of them down and they none of them were coming true. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, ah, something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Jeremiah is clear that that's what you should do. Um, and then what's interesting is, is, is Yahweh sends him back again to speak against Hananiah. And so here are the words then of Jeremiah um, in response to this. It says, then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah the prophet, listen now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and, and you have made this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year you are going to die, because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died in the same year, in the seventh month. Now, when you, when you read the context, you discover that the problems in the church today are the same problems with false teachers. Um, and it's something that, you know, they've always had. And in Israel's day, uh, it's no different. Um, we've always had problems with false teachers. And so you have the reality of what sin does in the lives of, of people. Um, they're deceived. They, as a result, rebel. And then they wander and they fall away. And then what happens is the discipline and the consequences come. And then suffering is eventually the result. Um, but then after that, faithful men rise up, they, they teach the truth of God, and others come up behind them to give you know, a happy alternative message that is, is full of good things. Um, the true message is usually one of repentance and a call to continue to hope in God and in his time, and he will rescue you. Um, but the, those false prophets who are giving just those happy messages behind them are usually just essentially saying that you can have your best life now. That'd be a great book title. Well, you should get on that. Uh, I might do that. Now, what's important to note is that at, that it is against that backdrop in chapter uh, 28 that God gives this declaration to Jeremiah, but only after first telling the nation that they will be in captivity for 70 years. 
So listen to the actual words. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams which they dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. So he's real clear and very specific. Now, to understand what this meant to those, you have to understand what this meant to those who are hearing it. Remember the face of the pastors in Ethiopia when we actually took them through this, Mm -hmm. and it clicked. They're like, "Um, this is not good news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone hearing that, basically, with a few exceptions, it meant that they would die in captivity. They wouldn't see God's blessing or rescuing hand. Perhaps a few young people and babies would make it, but life is very hard in captivity, and so very few would survive. If you wonder, Daniel would be actually one of those who would survive, uh, because he actually reads these words and realizes, hey, that 70 years is almost up. So it's a good word, but it's not for these people. Meaning 2911. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not for those who are hearing the word right there. To For them, it's actually a word of discipline but it's also one that's wrapped up in hope. So after that time, 70 years, then God will bring the nation back to her land. The nation was in huge trouble. Jerusalem was falling. The people were starving. They were actually resorting to cannibalism. And it's in that context that they read these words. And it means our life is not going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so these were not words that encouraged them individually uh, because it was not for them. Yeah. Um, it was for that next generation after 70 years. Um, so, so they would die in this foreign land of Babylon, but God's covenant faithfulness would not fail um, because in his time, Israel was going to be restored. So it's a good word, just not a good word for these guys. Right. And so uh, as an aside, this passage is interesting because of how many, um, how, how so many who would be reformed and their hermeneutics handle this. That's a big R. Yeah. Um, when, when dealing with the prophets of the Old Testament, especially with regard to the Messiah ruling and the regathering of the people of Israel in the final days, uh, the prophets are often spiritualized and used to refer to the church instead. I mean, their hermeneutic requires them to do that. But we find it a little bit humorous that <laughs> when we watch our truly reformed uh, and, and covenantal brethren rightly handle this passage, um, but then handle other prophecies in a complete opposite manner. Um, it's a little bit interesting, um, but that will, you know, we'll have to wait and do that. In a, yeah, some yeah. Future episodes. But just understand, we find that very fascinating that they'll faithfully use a good hermeneutic to clarify yeah. what this is actually saying, and then throw that hermeneutic right out the window and make it something else with other prophecies. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, that's our short little episode here on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And we have a ton more that we have lined up that we'll do. We yeah. hope that's helpful. Yeah. And if you do find it helpful, like and share um, and send this along to someone who misuses Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And come up with a catchy title. And if we like yours, you get a free mug. Yeah.